Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No. These are the other stories. <laughs> Today's episode of The Other Stories is Desire and Sons. Written originally in Italian by Nicola Lombardi and translated by Joe Weintraub and narrated by James Barnett, a.k.a. Jimmy Horace. The small yellow sign displayed in the window draws my attention as if someone were repeatedly tapping his knuckles against the glass as I pass by. Instinctively, I slow to a halt and take a few steps back. So, I had read it correctly. Leaning against an old suitcase and surrounded by a collection of the most varied of objects. Silverware in an antiquated style. Alarm clocks. Massive photo albums. Dolls, small boxes of inlaid wood. A lemon-coloured poster the size of a business letter announces in words precisely traced with a red marker. Ghosts. Bought and sold. It is clearly the shop of a dealer in curios, second-hand antiques, or something of that sort. I'd never noticed it before, but it is also true that I rarely find myself passing through that part of town and I lift my eyes to the store's sign, a string of characters in wrought iron, simulating an elegant cursive script, informs me that I'm standing in front of Desire and Sons. I take a quick look at my watch, although I know I'm not in any particular hurry. Even before I decide to enter, curiosity drives my palm down onto the door handle. At the ringing of the small bell hanging above the door, The noises of the traffic along with the main street seem to be sucked into a vortex that removes them instantly from my hearing. 
the piercing heightened sound of a siren is lost in the distance. Along with the honking of horns, the voices of passers-by, the annoying musical buzz streaming from the cell phones. Quite an evocative effect, also due to the second ringing, the one set off by the closure of the glass door that proclaims the descent of a silence that I instinctively associate with the inside of a church. Looking around, I venture an, Excuse me! The space is not very large, and the fact that it is extraordinarily cluttered with items on display makes it appear narrow and almost cramped. From the shop window, the late afternoon light illuminates everything with a powdery golden sheen, and I cannot help but lose myself gazing among the shelves packed with inscrutable rummage. The dusty cabinets, a pair of bleak grandfather clocks, a barrel piano, a cumbersome globe, and the endless supply of books occupying almost every empty section of the walls as they compete for space with the already pitch-dark paintings, made even darker by the shadows. Lingering in the air, a faint floral aroma, perhaps calicanthus, hovers over the scent of closure. I try again. Good evening! And then behind the counter, from a blue curtain that I had not noticed before, appears a small man, slight and bold with a pair of old-fashioned pince-nez glasses fixed to his nose. I catch myself thinking that such a character would not have been out of place in a Harry Potter movie. Good evening, sir, he says, greeting me with a broad and calming smile. He looks to be about 60, but he could also be a good deal older, or even younger. Hello. I... You want to take a look around? He asks, anticipating me. Well, to tell you the truth, I was intrigued by that sign in the window. Ghosts. Bought and sold. He lays his hands on the counter and nods. Are you interested in buying one? (laughs) No. Good heavens, no. I smile in turn. My palms raised upward. It's just that I amuse myself by writing tales of the macabre, ghost stories, things of that sort. And so, as soon as I read, what is it? A joke? Oh no, sir. Certainly not a joke. He looks me straight in the eye. Do you want to know how it works? Nothing would please me more. The little man strokes his perfectly clean-shaven chin. So, if someone needs some ready cash, a hefty loan, say, he only has to make a deal. A very special one. We, desiring sons my grandfather way back and then my father and so on. We give him the money and, in exchange, he pledges once dead to consign his ghost over to us. And that's it. I remain speechless for some moments, my face having assumed, I fear, a vaguely idiotic expression. And that's it, you say? Well, that's very nice, but then what do you do with, with a ghost? My dear sir, You have no idea how many very rich people are ready and willing to spend a bundle of dough to get their hands on one to haunt their mansion, or their hotel, or even their castle. Have you ever heard of supernatural tourism? There are millions behind it, believe me. Wealthy people inclined to visit or stay in dwellings that turn out to be truly haunted. And we, of Desire and Sons, are among the biggest suppliers in that regard. I cannot wipe the smile off my face. 
The entire affair is utter madness, and quite a good story could come out of it. But how does it work? I ask, having decided enthusiastically to play along. Very simple. Clients deposit with us objects that belong to them, a kind of a surety or bond, something to which they are attached. Something like a ring or a watch or whatever else. After first having marked it with a drop of their blood, the little man mimics the act of piercing a finger with a needle. We store it for an indefinite period. That is to say, until the day of our client's death, at which point we receive what is owed to us. A few seconds of silence are enough to shake me out of the spell that his delirious tale has ignited in my imagination. Then, I suppose you have some sort of safe storage when you keep the sureties? Of course. Are you interested in seeing some of them? I was hoping he would ask me that. Very much so. One moment then. Stepping from behind the counter, this odd junk merchant crosses in front of me, leaving behind a faint trail of camphor and soap. Arriving at the front door, he gives a sharp twist to the key already inserted in the lock, after which he rotates the laminated rectangle hanging with a chain and suction pads to the glass, presenting to the outside world the notice, Be right back. There, that's done. Please, this way. I mumble a thank you, and zigzagging behind, I follow him as we wedge past the counter. The little man pushes aside the blue curtain from where he had appeared a few moments before, and thus I wind up in a short, open hallway, poorly lit by a naked bulb hooked up to the wall. Here we are, my companion says in a soft voice as we stop in front of a small door. From a pocket, he produces a key with which, after lowering our heads a bit, we enter into a room where a shadowy darkness makes its dimensions entirely indefinable. The odour that greets me is the kind that stagnates in basements, in enclosed spaces lacking ventilation. Given that the little man flips no switches, the yellowish beam penetrating from the hallway is the only source of light, and I open my eyes wide so as not to miss a single detail. The thought that I have stepped into a potentially dangerous situation does not even cross my mind. It is all far too astonishing far too above the ordinary for me to allow myself to feel any real concern. Against the wall, illuminated by the slant of light, I see a piece of furniture consisting of numerous shelves in raw wood, packed with small boxes or little glass cases, similar to miniature coffins. Inside here, for example, the little man informs me, grabbing the first container in front of him and placing it before my watchful eyes. There's a silver locket, through the small transparent lid, I admire the floral oval, its engraved flower obscured by a brown stain. It's dried blood, he explains. It belongs to the woman who gave me this as a bond. Whereas this... He sets the locket aside and points to another box, small and flat. Is a silk handkerchief with lace trim. And yes, that dark stain is... Blood, of course, I conclude nodding and letting my eyes wander over that crazy collection. Really, I don't know what to think. My head is full of questions. I choose the first that springs to mind. So what do you do then? Resell these things or what? In short, how do you... The little man retains his angelic smile, 
Still, very simple. Once the owner of that surety dies, he or she comes back here and waits for me to find someone to purchase that very same object. And when a buyer for the item is found, the ghost follows it. And goes to haunt the home of the buyer? Exactly. I fail to hold back a small laugh. Even if in this circumstance, it sounds rather out of place. (laughs) Excuse me, uh, but this is also... Peculiar? Sort of. It's not really the adjective I had in mind, but it will do. This man is the very essence of the most clear-headed kind of insanity. For me, always on the lookout for the most incredible tales, he is pure gold. But I'm curious about something else. From the moment when the owners of these sureties die, until you find for them an arrangement, so to speak. The ghosts. Where are they? The man stares at me for a few moments from above those old-fashioned glasses of his. Maybe he hasn't yet decided if I believe his words, or if I am simply making fun of him. Slowly, he turns toward the far end of the room opposite us, an increasingly dense gulf of shadow, gradually lost in its impenetrable darkness. They are here, he replies in a quiet tone, and they wait. Those words seem to sear every square inch of my body. Instinctively, I follow his gaze, and I realise that the power of suggestion can play some weird tricks. I barely suppress a shiver, as I am seized by the feeling that there, in the thickest of the darkness, are persons. Motionless. Silent. I see nothing. Naturally. But the eyes of my imagination set my brain on fire, making me feel that I am under the scrutiny of invisible presences. Coughing nervously. I'm suddenly very uneasy. What is it, Nicola? Some sort of problem. My breath is cut short. How... How did you know my name? The little man extends a hand out toward the shelf and, his fingers hovering over several objects, he finally picks up a small box, long and thin. I've got a good memory, he replies calmly. And then here, on the metal clip... Your name is engraved, see? Do you recognize that spot of blood? I feel a chill all over, as if somewhere a window has been thrown wide open. But I... I stammer, and fail to say anything else. Unfortunately, yes, my friend, comments the owner of Desire and Sons, feigning a look of despair. You died a short while ago. A drunken driver drove straight into you as you were walking along a sidewalk, not too far from here. The room seemed to be rotating slowly, and I recall the distant wail of a siren. I look at the stained fountain pen that has, in the meantime, been returned to the shelf, and I sense the onset of tears stinging my eyes. I know, the man continued. At first it's always hard to remember. I helped you get out of that mess you'd gotten into with that ugly loan shark crew about six years ago. And now, as per our agreement, here you are. You could not have gone anywhere else. I want to cry out from all the horror that is wrenching my heart, but not even a breath escapes from my throat. Now calm down. I know, it's a painful reality to accept. But there's nothing we can do about it. 
a deal is a deal. Now, stay here, settle down and wait, along with the others. I trust I'll find good buyers within a few weeks, or a few months. I stare at him as he withdraws into the corridor. The faint cone of light contracts, disappears. The door closes with the strident sound of a key turn. I stay there, enveloped in a darkness becoming ever colder, still convinced I have a body that can shiver. And then I turn around, or I'm under the illusion of doing it, to go meet my new companions. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. Desire and Sons was written by Nicola Lombardi and translated from the original Italian by Joe Weintraub, narrated by James Barnett, a.k.a. Jimmy Horrors, edited by James Barnett, a.k.a. Jimmy Horrors, with music by Daniel Birch Music and Tom Robson, and sound effects provided by freesound.org. The episode illustration was provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. A quick thanks to our community managers Joshua Boucher and Jasmine Arch, and to Carolyn O'Brien for helping with our submission reading, and of course to Ben Errington for his triple lutz and axle jumps at this year's social media content figure skating competition. Desiring Sons is a translation of Nicola Lombardi's short fiction story, I Desidari, and translated by Joe Weintraub. After 30 years of writing, with three novels, six collections, one film adaptation, multiple translations from the English, Lombardi is considered a master of the horror genre in Italy. His website can be found at nicolalombardi.com. His first collection in English, The Gypsy Spiders and Other Tales of Italian Horror, was published by UK's Tartarus Press in December 2021. James Barnett, aka Jimmy Horrors, is the producer of the Night's End podcast, a short story fiction podcast with tales of horror and the paranormal. You can search for it wherever you get your podcasts, and you can also catch other works of his at jamesbarnettcreative.com. The Other Stories is a production of the story studio Hawk and Cleaver and is brought to you with a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means share the hell out of it. So, until next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.